Well, this morning I want to take a look at a passage of Scripture from the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 50, as you make your way there for this message about dreams as a part of our Life in 3D series. Let me give you some history, helpful context about Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob and Rachel. He lived in the land of Canaan. And when he was about 17 years old, Joseph had two dreams that didn't set too well with his family members, if you will. You see, these dreams made his brothers plot his demise because essentially the takeaway of both of them was that these brothers would bow down and worship him. Now, if you want to get in some trouble with your older brothers and sisters, just tell them you've had a dream that they're going to worship you someday and that will do it. Instead of uh, killing Joseph, which they uh, debated doing at that moment, they decided to uh, instead sell him to a caravan of merchants that were traveling by. Uh, these merchants were offering money, and so, hey, they took him, took him up on the offer. Joseph was uh, sold to Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard, and Joseph eventually becomes Potiphar's personal servant there in the house and subsequently is in charge of all the household activities uh, there on the property. Here, Potiphar's wife, as you may remember, tries to seduce Joseph, which he refused. Good job, Joseph. But angered by running away from her, she makes a false claim that he had tried to rape her. And so Joseph is imprisoned, and that was not a a good situation for him. But an interesting thing happened, and the hand of God is upon Joseph while he's in prison. And he's eventually elevated to the second in command in all of Egypt. And so we can learn much from the story of Joseph. Let's stand for the reading of Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Can we just stop right there? Uh Uh-oh, is what they were thinking. Verse 16, So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of God, of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. Verse 18, His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to be a comp- to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Now, church, I need your help preaching this message this morning. I want you to look to three people around you and say this phrase. Say, it was intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Do that now. Three people. It was intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And then have a seat. We all have heroes, don't we? People we look up to, people who we want to be like. Growing up, I always dreamed of being a motorcycle cop. Anyone else? A motorcycle cop. But not just any motorcycle cop. You see, I wanted to ride the streets of California Highway Patrol with Punch and John on chips. Anybody there? Yeah, all right. I grew up in the South, and I would have my large bowl of honeycombs cereal, which is basically just uh, sugar cubes and some milk. I would scarf a couple bowls of honeycombs while I watched Ponch and John. They would move from rescuing a semi-truck that was on fire on the California highway to a cat that's stuck in a tree to an elderly woman out of gas on the freeway. And in 30 minutes or less, they would make everything right in the world. You know, a portion of my dream 
met reality one day. I pick up the phone in my office here in the 180 building. 180, this is Jeff. And the gentleman on the other end of the line introduces himself, gives his name, and says, I am Eric Estrada's agent. All right. Ponch, Ponch's agent, is on the line right here in my office in 180. So I got pretty excited because I knew that they were going to be coming out with the sequel of Chips. And Eric Estrada's agent had been tasked with the responsibility to call me and to ask if I would be the third motorcycle in the California Highway Patrol and ride along in Chips. Well, I was wrong. Eric Estrada has a passion for following Jesus and helping this next generation do things that would honor God. And so he produced a film called Finding Faith. And many years ago, a few back, we hosted that film right here in the 180 building. And it was a, a great experience there. And, of course, that's what Eric Estrada's agent was calling about, not uh, letting me be the third motorcycle. Uh, but we gladly said yes. And I got an opportunity to introduce Punch to my son, Dakota. And man, Dakota didn't think it was that big of a deal. But to me, it was huge. Every one of us, as a child, we, we love to dream. We have these heroes. Perhaps your hero rode a motorcycle on the California Highway Patrol, or maybe they rode horseback through the plains, rescuing people or doing something there. Or maybe it's something entirely different. But we're all born dreamers, aren't we? We're curious but what happens to our curiosity? Well, we, we grow up. We get jaded by life. We, we think too many, oh, you can't do that thoughts, right? You know what I'm talking about. Well, I believe that we, we get old. And age has nothing to do with years. You're welcome. It has nothing to do with wrinkles, nothing to do with birthdays, nothing to do with these procedures that people talk about. In fact, it has nothing to do with receiving your AARP card in the mail and getting your discount on coffee. It has to do with dreams. You see, I believe a person gets old when they stop dreaming. When they lose sight of the goal and when they neglect their dream and when they forsake the God-inspired vision, the purpose for their life. And I'm excited about this message this morning because I believe that it has the potential to help a lot of people. But let me ask you this question. How many of you have had a dream in your life that didn't quite get realized? Would you raise your hand? All, all over the place. All kinds of dreams that didn't get realized. They just slip right through our fingers. You know, when I ask that question, some of you know deep down inside that not only have you had a dream slip through your fingers, but perhaps you've completely stopped dreaming altogether. In this message, my prayer and hope is that if you've stopped dreaming, that you would begin to initiate the dreams Begin to initiate and pursue the things that God places on your heart. Perhaps right here in this time we have together, God will speak to you about something you're supposed to do. And I think the insights from this message can be helpful to us. As we talk about derailed dreams, the side trips, the, the setbacks of life, they keep us from realizing our dreams. The word dream is defined as a, a condition or achievement that is longed for. It's an aspiration. It's a hope. A dream. The great American poet laureate, and you'll see this in your notes in your bulletin, Edwin Markham said this, Great it is to believe the dream as we stand as youth by the starry stream. But a greater thing is to live life through and to say at the end, the dream came true. Isn't that good news? We all want to say that about our life. 
No one would argue about this, but why is it that so few people actually realize their dreams? Notable author John Maxwell says this about dreams. He said, a dream is an inspiring picture about the future that energizes your mind, your will, and your emotions, empowering you to do anything you can to achieve it. I believe there's great insight in that. But I believe that as with anything in your life, it's your direction, not your hopes, that determine your destination. The path you take will lead you either closer to your dreams in life or it will take you further away. It's the whole idea around the model of calling our youth ministry 180. That there's youth that are going the opposite direction that they need to go to pursue the dreams of God in their life. And they need to do a 180 degree turnaround to turn closer to God and closer to the dreams of God in their life. And unfortunately, many people in our life find themselves derailed from their dreams for a number of reasons. So let's dig into this for a moment. Your bulletin includes some notes for this message. And on them, you'll see that the first path to a derailed dream is unrealistic expectations. The word you're looking for in that blank is unrealistic And I believe there are a few sources of unrealistic expectations that we can grab some some insight from. And I want to briefly mention these to you this morning. The first is expectations from others. Expectations from others. This is the parent who insists that their son or daughter is going to become the pro athlete. Specifically because dad fell just short of the title and didn't get to wear the ring. Therefore the child has the opportunity, if you will, to redeem the family name. Unfortunately, this is usually uh, tries to happen in fourth grade playing Metro football. Or in the time that the 10-year-old is playing their pickup game for Gus Macker basketball. We believe that our children can redeem our parents' failures. Expectations from others come in a number of ways. Or it's the mom that didn't quite... Didn't quite uh, become the doctor that she had dreamed of. And so uh, expectations are placed upon her daughter to not only wear the white lab coat, but to also cure cancer, right? Expectations are placed on us from others, and they can derail our dreams. But you see, there's also expectations that are placed on us by ourselves, a bit more internal. Let me give you a personal example of this. I will never be an NBA basketball player. It will never happen. You see, I'm not tall enough to be the water boy for an NBA basketball team. They wouldn't even let a guy as short as me wash the towels that they use on the side of the bench. But yet God has gifted me in other areas of influence. And so it's so important for us to realize how God has gifted us. And one way to answer if your dreams are unrealistic is to explore your dreams with with those that you know and to see if they're affirmed by those people. But you see, in order for this to happen, you've got to be surrounded by people who will be honest with you, right? And not just say they'll be honest, but to truly be honest. Let me tell you this. Asking your mother if you can sing or if you have unique gifts and talents that make you special is about as helpful as spitting in the wind. You see, every mama thinks that their child can sing and has great potential and great gifts and talents. And likely you do, but perhaps they may not be in the area of your exploration. If your dream has been affirmed by other people who are completely honest with you, God may be stirring something within you that's important to listen and to pursue and definitely pay careful attention to. So it's important to explore if the dream and the potential calling that God has in your life 
is consistent and compatible with the gifts and talents that God has given you. But whatever it takes, it's so critical to watch out for these unrealistic expectations because they can easily derail our dreams and keep us from the divine destiny that God has for us. Well, that brings us to the second path for a derailed dream, which is uncooperative circumstances. Uncooperative circumstances. The great radio theologian who gives us the rest of the story, Paul Harvey, once said, You can tell you're on the road to success. It's uphill all the way. Paul Harvey would probably go on to say that it's uphill both ways in the snow barefoot. Success is hard enough to achieve when things are going well. You know that in your life. But the reality is sometimes things just don't go well, do they? John 16, gives us some hope and help in this area when it says this, In this world you will have tribulation. What's tribulation? Trials, setback, uncooperative circumstances. But it goes on to say this, But be of what? Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying here that on life's journey, there are going to be setbacks and disappointments. But there's great hope because Jesus is also saying that in spite of these situations that you can't control, there is power within us to overcome these challenges. What about 2 Corinthians 4, 7-10, which says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not of ourselves, Isn't that good news? It's of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way. Yep. But not crushed. Perplexed. Shake your head. But not despairing. Persecuted. uh Uh-huh. But not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Raise if you'd like the life of Jesus to overcome all these things. Yeah, me too. And we can have that by reaching out to hope and help through Christ. I love the Phillips translation of these verses from 2 Corinthians. They read this. We are handicapped on all sides, but we are never frustrated. We are puzzled, but never in despair. We are persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Isn't that good news? You may be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. What that means is you might find yourself down in the dirt, having to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back on the track. You may be knocked down, friends, but you're not knocked out. Because there is a rest of the story. And it's the fact that Jesus Christ wants to brush that dust off Set you on the course with your dreams, take you from the derailment that's happened, put you back on the track, give you purpose for your life. You may be knocked down, but you're never knocked out. That's good news. The uncooperative circumstances in your life, they exist. You can name them. You can imagine them. They'll knock you down, but won't knock you out. What Paul is saying here is that there will be negative things that happen. There will. In fact, you should just expect it. It's going to happen. As you pursue the God-given dreams for your life, there will be pushback. There will be challenges along the way. But that's okay. You know why? Because Jesus promises he'll be with us. No matter what we're going through, we have that great hope. You know, sometimes what appears to be a, a setback from all things positive is actually a setup for God to do the miraculous. 
get that. Sometimes what appears to be a setback from all things positive is actually a setup for God to do the miraculous. Just look at Genesis chapter 50. I mean, poor Joseph, he's thrown in a well. He's sold to a merchant. He's seduced. He's falsely accused. He's imprisoned. You imagine that a guy like that would, would say, what's next? But the Spirit of God comes over him, and we see in verse 20 these words, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. You intended it to harm me. Now say these words on the count of three. But God, one, two, three. Oh, that was weak, church. Wake up on the count of three. One, two, three. You intended it for good. God intended it for good. What appears to be a setback from all things positive is often a setup for God to do the miraculous. Let's grab a hold of that today. Let's leave this place in a few moments realizing that, that when we face challenges, when we face hardships, that God is often at work behind the scenes stirring things and doing something miraculous that we don't understand just yet. But a time is coming and will come when it'll all be revealed. Maybe on this earth and maybe not. When we'll see exactly what God was orchestrating through that negative situation, through that challenge. There was a survey done of 300 of the most successful men and women who've ever lived. These were the Einsteins, the Churchills, the Lincolns. People with some major capacity, if you will. And as these people were researched, there were a couple interesting trends that emerged that really were helpful to me and perhaps they'll be helpful to you this morning as well. The first is one out of four of these 300 uh, capable, successful people, one out of four of them had a severe physical handicap of some sort. Interesting. Well, the next stat is even more, more shocking and gives even more hope, I believe. Three out of four, three-fourths of them, came out of poverty or a broken home or some other significantly disturbing situation. And personally, I, I find that fascinating because I, it was great encouragement to me. I think it can be great encouragement to each of us in the room here this morning that it's not what side of the tracks you grew up on. It's not if you had the very best mentors and role models in your life. These things, while helpful, they, they are not the things that determine you achieving your dreams. It's your attitude about your circumstances. It's the things you think about what's going on in your daily life. It's your ability or lack thereof to overcome and to persevere through these hardships and setbacks of life. Remember, uncooperative circumstances may knock you down, but they will not knock you out. We have a God who's big enough to scoop you up when you've derailed, to set you back on track and put you down the path that he wants. Don't let uncooperative circumstances keep you from God's best. I believe God has something special for us. Perhaps here this morning you walked into this place and, and there are uncooperative circumstances like you could make a list and it would be a long one. Don't let those things stand in the way of what God wants to do in your life. Acknowledge they're going on. Get the, the help to set you back on track. But don't be derailed from your dreams because of these situations. Persevere through them. Set your mind on Christ. Gather the hope that you need. Get the help that you need from a community of people who will support you. Pick yourself up. 
Dust yourself off and pursue the dreams that God is giving you. Well, that brings us to the third path to derailed dreams, which is unresolved conflict. The word you're looking for is unresolved. And I believe there are two common areas of conflict that exist in our life, and really both have the potential to derail our dreams. The first is conflict with others. Conflict with others. It should be no surprise that conflict with others can keep you from God's best in your life. In fact, maybe when I say that right now, a picture of a person comes to mind. A person who, if their number came up on the caller ID on your cell, you would have a tendency to grunt or groan out loud and potentially just go ahead and hit dismiss or end right away. Because you are refusing to engage with that person because of a conflict that exists. Maybe there's a person in our community, you walk through a grocery store, you see them coming down the aisle, and because of some particular conflict that you have between each other, all of a sudden you become really interested in the baked goods in the flower aisle because you want nothing more than to make eye contact with this person. You don't want to see them. You don't want to talk to them. It wells up something deep inside your heart, and it's unresolved conflict. And can I encourage you to do what we see in Matthew 5.23? Let's look at this together. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar. Go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. You know, sometimes in our lives, our our best efforts at resolving conflict with other people are, are not working out. And I think it's those moments when we've done everything that we can that we just have to say, Jesus, I've done all I can in this. I've tried to reconcile. I've tried to make peace with them. I have forgiveness in my heart towards that person, and they're refusing to to engage uh, in working things through. But I want to leave it, and I want to have peace with you, God, because I've forgiven them in my heart. You know, sometimes that's the only thing you can do, but make sure you've at least done that. And if you know a person who you have unresolved conflict with this morning, make it your goal this week to make things right, to be a peacemaker. To follow the words of Matthew 5, 23 and 24. I believe that that unresolved conflict may linger and may derail you from God's dreams that he's put in your heart. And don't let that happen, whatever you do. The second conflict that can derail our dreams is more internal. It's conflict in ourselves. You know, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy, right? I believe conflict within us can come from a number of factors. And let me just say three words here. And and let me just ask this, that as I say these words, please know that it's not me saying these words. If you feel some temptation to push back on this, these are words coming from God. And if you have a, a, a heart that skips a beat or two here, your toes need to lift up because they're being stepped on here. Know that it's not me doing that. When I say these three words, here they are. Conflict within us can come from a number of factors But the three I've seen are procrastination, discouragement, and doubt. Maybe you wrestle with those here this morning, and it's an internal conflict that you have within yourself. Make things right. Reach out to Jesus to to heal those areas, to help you get things on track. 
that procrastination, discouragement, and doubt in your life wouldn't be something that derails you from God's best and keeps you from the dreams of God in your life, but instead make those things right before God and let it catapult you into an even greater future that God has planned for you. I believe we need to move beyond what we see staring back at us in the mirror. We need to wholeheartedly chase after the God-given dreams. But you see, this comes by faith. Hebrews 11.6 tells us this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone, anyone, whether if it's your first time in church or if you're here every single week, if you're on the pastoral staff or if you are serving or if you're here for the third or fourth time, anyone who comes to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to fulfill the God-given dreams and goals in your life. It's impossible. And so hearing a verse like that and believing the Bible, what do we do with that? Well, my hope and prayer is that hearing a verse like this would inspire, that it would encourage your faith here this morning, that you would realize that we want to come to God and not only believe He exists, but allow Him to reward those who earnestly seek Him. And I believe that God will give us the faith that we need if we'll ask Him. But without faith, it's impossible to fulfill the dreams and the goals you have for your life. Let's look at what John Maxwell says in his book, Put Your Dreams to the Test. He says this, I believe God wants us to dream and to dream big because He's a big God who wants to do big things and He wants to do them through us. Who does God use to do the things he wants done in the world? He uses us. He uses the life of a believer to do the things he wants done in the world. The dream that you have on your heart is quite likely from God and something that God wants to be accomplished in this world. Now, perhaps you're not the person to fully realize that or perhaps you need a team around you to pursue that dream together. But God gives his dreams to his people. Let me tell you about some dreamers. There are several that come to mind. Leo Tolstoy, probably not the name you were expecting me to say. And there won't be a test at the end of this message. Some folks wonder when you mention a name like that, if I'm going to pass scantrons and pencils around and make you take a test. Leo Tolstoy, of course, is the author of War and Peace. But you know what? Good old Leo flunked out of college, and he was described as both unwilling and unable to learn. Huh, imagine that. Malcolm Forbes may ring a bell. Of course, he's the late editor-in-chief of Forbes magazine, the popular and successful business publication in the world. Well, old Malcolm, he failed to make the staff of his school newspaper when he was an undergrad at Princeton. So apparently he had some capacity to write about the business world, but was unable to articulate clearly uh, the fraternity system or how many leaves were falling on campus uh, to be uh, written about in the school publication. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss's first children's book, which was titled And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, was rejected by not one, not three, not five, but 27 of the first publishers that reviewed it. It was the 28th publisher who hit the gold mine. Vanguard Press sold 6 million copies of that first Dr. Seuss book. And now to this day, more than 100 million copies of Dr. Seuss books have been sold today. 
Now, I won't ask you to raise your hands with this, but perhaps you've seen the movie Pretty Woman. The movie Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts is walking through and she's taking a credit card and she's tried to scan that credit card at a little shop, a little boutique where she wants to buy a, a lot of different things and they decline her based upon her, her looks and, and just the way she's carrying herself. Julia Roberts' character goes on down the road and purchases a whole slew of things. She can't even carry all the bags and boxes and things. And she walks back by that boutique. And what does she say to him with all these bags on her shoulder? She says, big mistake, huge mistake, right? Well, I think that that's what all these 27 other publishers were thinking who uh, denied these books from Dr. Seuss. How many of you have a Dr. Seuss book on your shelf? All over the place, yeah. So we can learn great things through these folks by their dreams. How about this one? Basketball star Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Maybe you knew that. However, he didn't give up. His philosophy was, I play to win. And the day that I stop improving is the day that I walk away from the game. Well, he didn't just have a dream. He committed to shooting 300 baskets a day to make his dream a reality. And he did. He did. While these celebrities can be inspiring, let me give you some even greater news, church. Here it is. The unrealistic expectations, the uncooperative circumstances, and the unresolved conflict in your life, all yielded and surrendered to an unrelenting God, can turn your derailed dreams into a divine destiny. Do you believe that? There's an unrelenting God who chases after you, who wants to, to pick you up, to dust you off, and help you to pursue the God-given dreams in your life. And surrendering to God and trusting Jesus is the key that will unlock the fulfillment of these great dreams. As I close this message, let me give you some encouragement here. I want to strongly encourage every single person in this place to take the unrealistic expectations that are placed on you by other people. Maybe it's a boss, a coworker, a spouse, or a parent. May the weight of these unrealistic expectations be taken off your shoulders. And may the burden of them be placed at the foot of the cross. May it be given over to Jesus today. I want to strongly encourage every single person today to trust Jesus Christ with the uncooperative circumstances and situations that exist in your life. You see, surrendering these uncooperative circumstances to Jesus and receiving the touch and provision that He gives you is the best thing you could do. In fact... Maybe before you get up from your seat here and leave this room today, you want to identify these situations that press in every day and say, you know what? It's uncooperative. It's a situation. It's a circumstance I can't do much about, but I trust you with it, Jesus. You know what? I can only speculate the numbers of challenging situations that are represented all across this room here this morning. But you know what? I know something to be true. God not only knows your name, he knows your need he knows exactly where you need a touch in your life and in your family. You know, just the service right before this, I had a lady come up and say, you know, I have not been in church in quite some time. They had a tragedy in their family. Rightly so, it would make them withdraw a bit, but they're finding the hope that they need from people, finding hope that they need from church. And today was the first time she was back in church. And she said, you know what, I took that situation that I couldn't control which was the death of a family member, and I've surrendered it to God, and I'm finding peace in that. And I don't know what kind of a situation you have in your life, what kind of uncontrolled circumstance, what you're wrestling through, 
But I know this, there's a God who loves you, who cares about you, who passionately wants to connect with you this morning. But you know what? There's nothing that I could say in this message. There's nothing I could say here to make that happen. No matter what I produce in this message, no matter what I say, it's really the two words that you need to say this morning that'll make things right. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I don't know where your faith is this morning with these uncontrollable situations, with the unrealistic expectations. And lastly, I don't know where your faith is with the unresolved conflict in your life. But may God give you the strength and the abilities to face into these things with the power and the presence that He gives us. May He meet you right where you are to take a step closer. So the question remains, and here it is, Will you allow your dreams to be derailed by these unrealistic expectations, uncooperative circumstances, and unresolved conflict? Or will you decide today to yield to the unrelenting God who wants a relationship with each and every one of us? Not only does God want a relationship with us, He provided His Son Jesus to be the means for a relationship. And if it's your first time or 50th time to sit in these seats today, may I encourage you to reach out to the love, the hope, and the power of Jesus Christ with all that you have. It doesn't take a lot of words. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Don't leave this place without doing that. Will you trust Jesus Christ with all of these things, your dreams, your hopes, and your aspirations? Stand up with me for a moment. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would give us big dreams today. I ask that you would strengthen each and every one of us with the wisdom and the patience to pursue the dreams of God that you've laid on our hearts. Help us to lay aside distractions, to not be derailed by these things, but instead to yield to an unrelenting God with each of our hopes and dreams and aspirations. Use us to make a difference and make a difference in us. Change us today to live lives that will impact the world because of our faith. And may each of us reach the God-given dreams that you put in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.